At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the OFNT podcast. OFNT stands for Old Fart New Tech. I'm your host and resident Old Fart, Jim Schaefer, and the podcast, at least to me, is the new tech. I hope this finds you well and you're having a great week. Episode 69, The Love Episode. I'll be sharing nothing but love stories this week. Nah, what fun would that be? My work computer has been updated, and I use that term loosely, to Office 365. The cloud cometh. I still haven't recovered. Workflow? What workflow? OFNT is recorded at the underfunded studios of the Factual Data Creation Facility, where the motto is... We'll get the audio right someday, maybe. I've got some corrections this week. I meant to say virtue signaling, not virtual signaling in the part pertaining to shows on Paramount Plus in the last episode. Also, I appear to have connected with my inner New Yorker and pronounced the word author as ortha. Go figure. Tech News. The social media platform Gab, favorite of far-right people, if the authors of an article on NBCNews.com are to be believed, has been hacked, and posts, so-called sensitive data, and passwords have been compromised. These days, any platform that does not comply to groupthink will be a target, unfortunately. What I find funny is that far-right people are described as Nazis by the media. It just shows the ignorance being taught in schools these days. Nazi stands for National Socialist Party. I don't believe people who would be considered on the right in politics would have anything to do with socialists. Anti-communists would be more apt to describe this type, but you can't have that, can you? It would be bad for the narrative and visuals. If you're a member of Gab, I suggest you change your password and pronto. Video conferencing app Zoom saw its revenue increase by 326% year-over-year. This according to TheGuardian.com. 
The CCP data mining app shows no sign of slowing down, even as some workplaces reopen. What luck that company had in launching its easy-to-use software just before the world was forced to isolate and rely on video conferencing. Or was it? I will never knowingly use this or other software that was written in China and whose servers are located there. Hopefully, Zoom won't buy up the competition with all the available cash the company has access to now. I'd use Skype, Meet, or Glip for my video conferencing. Just saying. And in that vein, I just read an article on TechRepublic.com which recommends the Opera browser for your mobile needs. Not so fast. Though Opera was created by a firm in Norway, the company was sold to a Chinese China. consortium in 2016. So you just know that your friends over at the Ministry for State Security have access to all your data, including browser history. Stay away. Some episodes back, I discussed using Android phones that were de-Googled for security and privacy reasons. This would involve rooting a phone and installing a vanilla version of Android on it or sending your old Pixel phone off to a service that would do this for a nominal service charge. The website AndroidPolice.com had an interesting article this week about a European company named eSolutions who sells these types of phones and are expanding their business into the United States. They offer two Samsung models, a Galaxy S9 and S9 Plus, for $300 and $400 respectively. The phones are refurbs but have a warranty, which is always nice. I see this as a growing cottage industry that has the potential to grow big as more consumers become educated about their security and privacy. 9to5Mac has a report based on predictions from everybody's favorite Apple supply chain analyst, the superstar Ming-Chi Kuo. Amongst his many predictions are the next iPhone Pro will have a 120Hz refresh rate screen, an option for up to 1TB of RAM, and a smaller notch. Uh, I'm all for a smaller notch, not that the current size bothers me much, and a faster refresh rate would be nice, but not really necessary. There is no need for me to have a terabyte of RAM, though. For the 2022 model iPhone, the man, the legend, Ming-Chi Kuo, predicts that the notch will be replaced by a hole punch. Does this mean that there will be no more face ID? Or will the components be mounted under the screen? Mr. Kuo also believes that the mini version of the iPhone will be sticking around at least for another year. I'd like to have this model for myself, but if the Mini is going to be orphaned, I don't know if I still want it. Square, the company owned by Twitter honcho and closet communist Jack Dorsey, has just bought a majority stake in JC-founded music streaming service Tidal. And this is according to the Verge.com. So will Twitter users be seeing an integration with Tidal in the future? There are already rumors of Twitter becoming a subscription-based service, and what better way to attract subscribers than offering a lossless audio service? Apple tried to integrate a social network within the company's iTunes app and failed miserably, though I saw the promise of it. What do you think about the purchase of Tidal? Tech I'm using. I read an article on my newsreader this week, though I can't recall where it was from. You know, I am the old fart, you know. 
Anyway, the author was complaining about the inability to block spam text messages on iOS. This is a problem I've been affected by also. About three months ago, I started receiving text messages addressed to someone named Kristen about various anxiety drugs and the like. I tried blocking the numbers, but there was no way to do so. I started replying to them and saying that there was no Kristen at this number, and for now, this seems to have worked. I don't know how long this will last, though. On Android, you can report the text as spam and block the number at the same time. If only iOS would allow you to do this. The cause of getting text for someone named Kristen was solved by an alert I received from a credit monitoring service I use. It seems somebody by that name has my cell phone number listed as their home phone number for some reason. I don't know if this was done purposely or by accident. Judging by the types of drugs these companies were trying to sell the person, I think they have some issues. So I'm leaning towards the latter. Entertainment News Trump-hating actor Alec Baldwin is back fighting people on Twitter as he and his wife welcomed their seventh child into the world. This one by surrogate as Hillary, or Elaria, as she wants to be known, just gave birth six months ago. Of course, the new baby girl was given a Spanish name, Lucia, just like her siblings. I think I have more Spanish, how you say, roots than old Hillary does. Uh, the people on the internet won't let go that she was born in Boston and has no Spanish blood in her. You know, I met uh, Alec Baldwin many years ago at work, and he was friendly and respectful. From Deadline.com, the Stars Cable Movie Channel and the film studio Lionsgate have inked a deal that will bring the movie studio's new releases exclusively to Stars. Well, that's good news, but I ain't dropped the service because there's nothing to watch on it yet. I'll keep the option open of resubscribing if anything seems to change. Well, I switched from Hulu Live TV and moved back to good old AT&T TV. Yeah, that's a lot of T's, isn't it? With hockey season in full swing and baseball season close to beginning, I'd like to watch some of these games. At least these two sports seem to be the only ones not bombarding you with political messages and social justice slogans. The only live television streaming service to have regional sports channels these days is AT&T. Yes, it's a little bit more expensive, but you get a free year subscription to HBO Max, which I'm currently paying $15 per month for. I missed a deal where you also get uh, stars for free, but I still will be gaining more channels that I would want to watch than losing some that I never watch. So I'll be giving it a try, and if, like the sports teams I follow, it fails to meet expectations, I can always switch back. That's the beauty of no contracts. Oh, uh, I said in the last episode that the Paramount Plus streaming service was a non-starter in my household. Well, they're offering a 30-day free trial, so I'll be checking them out. I'll let you know what I think of it. I also finally pulled the plug on the Disney Plus service. The promise of more adult entertainment never materialized. The Mandalorian series was all I ever watched on it, and that show got political, so what's the point of paying for a service that no one in my household cares about? Podcast news. 
An article on InsideRadio.com claims people in the U.S. are back on the roads in droves. And this is according to some data. I have unfortunately noticed this trend on my commute as it takes me longer to get to where I work. Eh, my U.S. download numbers have increased a little bit at least. Is there a celebrity podcast bubble? That's the question asked in an article by Fred Jacobs on PodcastBusinessJournal.com. With the COVID pandemic starting to pass into our rearview mirrors, more production from so-called mainstream media will follow. Movies and television series will be greenlit, comedians will be able to hit the club circuit again, and Broadway shows will reopen. Will all the many celebrities, major and minor, continue with their new podcasts, most launched during the height of the pandemic? Hopefully not, as the author rightly calls out most of them. Their shows are basically chats with famous friends with the heavy lifting done by professional producers, writers, and guest bookers. The author goes on to ask, do these shows tell you something you didn't know? Most of them don't. With all these new projects coming up, will the celebrities have time or the guests to continue? No. I'd say probably not, and in my opinion, that's a good thing. Maybe not too good for many of the digital ad services and the high-power conglomerates that provide them under the guise of podcast hosting services. These entities are nothing more than ad agencies and data collectors. I started this show in late 2019, just before the world was infected by the dragon China, China. that caused podcasting by celebrities to become the norm. So I had a little taste of what this medium was, and I liked it better. I don't think the podcasting world will ever get back to that time, nor should it. But maybe the squeeze out of independent podcasters will be at least slowed down. <laughs> Last episode, I talked about a graph of podcasts leaving or joining new hosting services. This is updated weekly and put together by PodNews.net's creator, James Cridland. Along with his daily PodNews podcast, Mr. Cridland also co-hosts a weekly podcast called Podland News. I recommend it if you're interested in podcasts. On the February 25th episode, he discussed the graph and echoed my reaction to it that a lot of shows are moving to a free hosting service, namely Anchor.fm. Well, I like arcane data, so I did a deep dive into this week's graph, and the trend is continuing. I had a closer look at what shows were moving to Anchor and found that the majority are independent shows. Some of those shows seem to be what's called pod fading, meaning new episodes are sporadic. Other shows only post episodes monthly, while one show posts on average one episode per year. What? That would explain the movement to a free host. Why pay for hosting when you can do it for free? A lot of shows had decent audience numbers. I guess they have established a mature audience and probably won't be experiencing any major growth or losses. So again, why pay when you can just host for free? When I moved this show to a new host, my audience numbers jumped to levels I wasn't getting on my old host. I credit the different new podcast indexes my show was available on. I had a bit of a drop-off for the next two months, and by the third month, my audience numbers have been seeing a larger decline. If this continues, I'll wait for the numbers to steady a bit and then park the show on Anchor. This will save me a couple of shekels, as they say. 
Alec Baldwin, who I just mentioned earlier in the episode, has the title of the Celebrity with the Oldest Podcast. This according to InsideRadio.com. His Here's the Thing podcast has been running since 2011. The show got its start on WNYC, which is part of the so-called public radio cabal, but he moved it to iHeartRadio after interference from WNYC regarding his content. And I'm sure the lure of more money didn't hurt at all. Maybe I'll give it a listen someday. Probably not anytime soon, though. The nominations for the first annual Ambie Awards from the newly formed Podcast Academy were released. The usual suspects are here. NPR, PRX, Wondery, Vox, and you know the deal. Of the 164 nominees, I count only one, one independent podcast. When the Podcast Academy was being created, I remember its founders constantly saying they wouldn't leave the independent podcaster behind. Many doubted that at the time, including myself, and this list of nominations just proves that we were right. So it will be the industry giving awards to itself, just like the Golden Globes, Oscars, and all those other stupid shows that people like to watch. Time for my rant. COVID-19 vaccines. That's all you're hearing about on all media here in the United States. No matter what you're watching or listening to, you just can't get away from it. We have three different vaccines available, so there's plenty to go around. The place of my employment is pressuring me daily to go get one of them. I'm pressured via at least one email a day asking my status or telling me to sign up for a shot. I even encounter various bigwigs toting a list of names wanting to know if I've gotten a shot, am I scheduled for one, would I like one, or asking me if I'm crazy and don't want a shot. I have the sneaking suspicion that the vaccine will become mandatory. I mean, we must prove Orange Man was bad and give dear old Uncle Joe his first 100-day victory, don't we? Now, I'm willing to take the vaccine, but only if it's the Johnson & Johnson one. My reasons are the following. The newfangled RMA ones are experimental. They've never been used on humans before. So basically, the population is the test base. Also, I don't trust anything that claims to reprogram my DNA. I mean, if you look at me, you know that my DNA is already pretty messed up. Thanks, ancestors. Besides the almost daily reports of people experience adverse reactions and even dying from these RMA-based vaccines, what are the long-term effects of these? The Johnson & Johnson vaccine is based on old tried-and-true methods of delivery. An inert virus is injected into you, causing your immune system to fight it off, just like the good old flu shot. The J&J vaccine also requires just one shot or jab if you're listening to the BBC or just a hipster versus the two doses the other vaccines require. My problem with the whole process is you can't select which vaccine you'll get when you make an appointment. So I'll wait until I can do so before getting the shot, jab, or whatever the current cool term is. Are you getting pressure from your employer to get the vaccination? 
Well, episode 69 is concluding as I speak. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you. I hope you found it worthwhile. You can contact me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you are so inclined. Tell me what you liked and disliked. I'd love to hear from you. Be safe. See you next week. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Hey, I hear the Johnson & Johnson vaccines available at CVS stores. So why don't you schedule an appointment and get off my lawn. I'm out. See you guys next week. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.